The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone. Hello and welcome to the show. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard. And as we do every week, our goal is to continue to bring you ideas, tips, tools, techniques, strategies to assist you in your quest to be the best in sales, business, and life. Our goal is to make a difference, to help you make a difference so then the dollars will flow. Our topic today is successful account development strategies. And this is a topic... I don't think I've spoken about before, but it's a critical topic because, I mean, everyone wants to know how to, to develop new business, how to find new clients. Uh, what's equally important is to mine more business out of the clients you already have. Instead of trying to go find a new gold mine, why not dig deeper, wider into the gold mine that we have in our current customer base. And and really the fastest way to get additional business is to get more business from your current clients. You'll find that the sales cycle is much shorter because they've already done business with you before and the margins tend to be higher when doing business with a current client because there's a trust level that's already established. And you may be doing business currently, and I find this to be a common situation where there's a a sales professional, even a business, they may have a a myriad of services or even products. And let's say they have 20 products. They're only selling two of their products to this particular client. And in reality, the client may be able to use 10 of their products. So instead of trying to go find a brand new customer, Let's dig deeper into the clients we already have. Let's expose them to more of our services, more of our products that can actually bring value and make a difference in their business that can assist them in being more successful. So we're going to be talking about account development strategies today. And as an account development strategist, that's right, I said strategist, You want to have the role of a consultative salesperson. You know, two types of sales professionals that we see out there. We see the the consultative who first tries to uncover uh, a need or needs and then show how their services or their products can meet that need. And then we have the transactional salesperson who goes out and just sprays. They tell everybody that about their product, hoping enough people will be willing to buy it. They don't try to expose or uncover any needs. They just try to get you emotional about it. All right? So in account development strategies, your role is going to be a consultative 
salesperson. And let's talk about that. When I say consultative salesperson, your role is to be what we call a strategic orchestrator. If you've ever gone to any type of concert or a symphony, you will see an individual that's standing up on the podium and he has 50 to 60 musicians in front of him. And basically he's conducting and because of his ability to conduct and to tell people when they should come in, when they should buy out, when they should play all together, when they should soften, you have just a melodic, a really beautiful song that's done. And as a strategic orchestrator, that's your job. Your job is to harness your company's resources to meet your customers' needs, whatever that looks like. Your job is also to build cooperative relationships at all levels within your organization and link them to your clients' organizations. And your job also is taking an active problem-solving approach to any and all customer concerns. Now, as a strategic orchestrator, basically you may be involved with team selling. That means uh, you're going to be responsible for orchestrating complex accounts and, and you need to present, and that can present, a logistical challenge. The key is to organize your team and your efforts so that you are presenting a unified front and a consistent message to the account organization that you're working with, all right? And the more resources and customer contacts involved, the more difficult this logistical challenge can become. Nevertheless, team selling is growing in importance, and selling as an organ, a selling organization seeks to solidify a long-term relationship with your clients. So the key in team selling is to be sure that the members of your selling team are actually building relationships with their counterparts in your client's organization. This can mean that your team members will be working simultaneously in several functional areas and on various organizational levels. And it's your job to make sure that's working. You're like the project manager, okay? Um, and, the, and the goal also is to identify up front, firsthand, what additional areas can we bring value to this current client? Because there are several ways they can see you. They can see you as a vendor, or they can see where there's a, a strategic alliance, all right? So you want to be a consultative salesperson, and you also want to be a business consultant. In other words, you are continually educating the customer by learning all you can about their business, their marketplace, their clients, okay? You want to make sure that they understand your products and their capabilities. And you always want to stay focused on their primary goals and their concerns and how you can assist them in reaching their current and long-term objectives. So let's talk about this real quick. There basically, you're going to find three layers or three levels of decision-makers in many organizations, it, it can vary. Sometimes if it's a mom-and-pop business, there's only one person. If you get into the larger accounts, uh, Fortune 1000, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies, they're going to be layers. 
And what I've noticed is if we aren't careful as sales professionals, as business owners, we have a tendency to take the path of least resistance. We want to call on the individual that's easiest to get to. And we want to be mindful of that because the person that's easiest to get to uh, may not necessarily be the one that you actually need to be in front of. They may not be able to make the recommend, uh, make the decision that you're looking for. So I want to break this down very quickly just to give you some insight into how most organizations work and then what we have to consider as we move forward to go wider, higher, and deeper into those organizations. If you can imagine a pyramid or a triangle, at the highest level you have who I call a TLC. A TLC also refers to uh, top-level contact, okay? Top-level contact. A top-level contact normally has the title of CEO, president, CFO, and they are the ones who normally making actually making the decisions in, in organizations. And they are concerned about what I refer to as the three P's. P is in Paul, okay? They're concerned about profitability, performance, and perception. Those are the three things that can keep a TLC, a top-level contact, up at night. They're concerned about the profitability of the company, the performance of their people, the performance of their technology, the performance of their facilities, performance, performance, performance. And whose perception are they concerned about? Well, everybody's really concerned about their customer's perception, the shareholder's perception, their employee's perception, the public at large, and even their competition. All right? So anything that can impact one of the three P's, profitability, performance, or perception, is an issue from their perspective. So once they identify an issue, what they will do is then funnel it down to individuals below them that we will call decision makers. Okay, and decision makers can have the titles of general manager or VP, vice president of different departments, okay? And basically, they say, we have identified an issue that can impact profitability, performance, or perception. We need you to find a solution. So that decision maker will do their due diligence, and they will look for a solution to solve that problem. And for lack of a better word, let's just say the solution is a widget, all right? Once they've identified the solution, now they funnel, the decision maker funnels it down even further to the, the purchasing person, the procurement officer, uh, whatever you call them. They're the ones who are responsible. They're normally the ones that will call you and say, hey, we're interested in talking to you about your services or your products. And for them, at the purchasing level, the lowest level on the pyramid, their primary concern is cost and capabilities, cost and capabilities or price and specifications. At that level, whatever you present to them will always cost too much and it will not do enough. So their job is to get the best possible price and the best specs for their company. All right. Now, this 
as a rule, is the area where many sales professionals and business owners have a tendency to start. They start at the bottom. And contrary to popular belief, this person at the bottom, in most cases, there are exceptions to every rule, but in most cases, this individual does not make the decision. Okay? They don't make the decision. What they do is they make a recommendation to someone above them that actually makes the decision. So then they funnel up. So imagine this. If we were looking at a pyramid, on the left side of the pyramid, uh, we had the TLC, top-level contact, identified an issue that could impact profitability, performance, perception. Then he funneled it down to the decision-maker, the issue, and that decision-maker found the solution. Now that decision-maker funnels it down to purchasing. All right, so let's go across the pyramid to the right side. Now that purchasing person is going to make a recommendation and funnel that recommendation up to the decision-maker. The decision-maker actually makes the decision. Okay, once he or she makes the decision, they now funnel their decision up to the TLC, and the TLC approves the decision. So if you think about it, it goes full circle. It starts at the top with the TLC, and it goes full circle and ends at the top with the TLC approving the decision of the decision maker. And this is why we have to be more strategic. And we especially have to do a better job of getting higher up in organizations. Okay, I have a tendency to see where if we aren't careful, we invest so much time at the bottom who has the least influence, least amount of influence on the front end of a decision and the back end, and we don't invest as much time with the two individuals who actually have the most influence on the front end of a decision and on the back end. Now, we talked about the decision maker. They actually make the decision, and then they funnel it up to the the president of the company, the CEO of the company, and they approve it. Now, as a rule, they approve decisions that are made by the decision maker. But one thing we need to be mindful of is they also have the ability to veto a decision. And we want to be up there. We want to have influence. So instead of starting at the bottom in organizations, we need to invest more time starting at the highest possible level and allow them to push us down through their organization with their endorsement versus starting at the bottom trying to climb our way up through the organization. All right, we can take the stairs up or we can take the elevator down with the approval of a TLC. So it's time for our first break, and we're going to continue to talk about how to develop accounts strategically. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard. And we will talk to you after the break. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Want to be empowered to take your leadership skills to the next level in your business? Tune into A Sharp Outlook, Best Practices for Success, with host Angela Sharp, using industry-specific materials, toolkits, and expert guests from all facets of business, our program will empower you to develop a strong core in your business leadership, infrastructure, growth, and technology. A Sharp Outlook airs live every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at tymaynergroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and our topic today is successful account development strategies. And one of the things we were just talking about was the importance of understanding the different layers and levels in an organization. And what we have to do is be more intentional about starting at the highest possible level. And we have to get past some of the things that hinder us from wanting to do that. But let's let's talk about very quickly some benefits of, of why we should start at the top. First of all, it is absolutely the safest route to start because you may work with someone at a lower level, and I think we should give respect to everybody, but I found that at the lower level, there's a tendency to want to protect. Uh, they want to guard the, the status quo in some cases. And, and candidly, there have been some situations where a lower-level person has tried to keep a sales professional or, or, or business out because you're talking to them about a new technology, a new system, uh, some new services, and it may require them to learn something new. It may require them to do something differently. And if we aren't careful, we have a tendency to be lazy. We don't want to be pushed. We don't want to have to change. And the one thing that's constant in life is change. So what I like about the higher level, they don't care where a good idea comes from, okay? If it's a good idea and it can move the company forward to where they want to see their company growing now and into the future, they want to consider it. Uh, the lower level has a tendency to be concerned about price. The higher level is more concerned about return on investment. They don't mind investing more 
if the return is going to be there. All right. So it's a safer, it's the safest route. And what I like also is about working at the top. Uh, if it's not a good fit, they're going to tell you. They aren't going to waste your time. They aren't going to have you doing unnecessary proposals. I found when we work a lot at the lower level, sometimes they may use you. <laughs> sometimes they may even abuse you uh, because they may use you to keep other vendors honest. They may have you fill out a, a RFP or request for proposal knowing well in advance they aren't going to consider you. They invited you to the dance to make the boyfriend jealous. And and I if you're like me, I know you have other things that can keep you busy other than just, you know, being used like that. Okay, so first of all, it's the safest route. Also, faster sales cycle. Top executives are in and I have had many executives on the show. So go back and listen to some of the archives and listen to what the executives themselves have to say about how they operate and how they make decisions. And they validated they validate what I'm telling you right now. Uh, just a faster sales cycle. I have worked with someone at a lower level where we did the dance for 18 months, two years, and then said, okay, enough of this, and went up to the higher level. And guess what? The sale happens in a matter of weeks, if not a few months. So it's just a faster sales cycle. The other advantage to working at the higher level is their referrals are stronger. If they tell the people in their organization they like your services or they, they genuinely see the value, then you're going to be looked at differently from everyone that you have to speak to, that they endorse you to, all right? So just stronger referrals within their company and also stronger referrals out their company, outside their company. You find that presidents and CEOs and CFOs, they have a tendency to know other presidents, other CEOs, other CFOs. So once you have done an exceptional job for them, they will refer you. They will endorse you to their colleagues, to their associates. So those are some of the, the, the advantages. And, and really, they, they really have a better understanding of the purchasing process. I can ask a, a top-level contact, uh, a CEO or president of a company, okay, as you go through this process of decision-making, who along with yourself would be involved in making the founder decision? And they will tell you, I need you to speak to my VP of Human Resources. You need to speak to my director of real estate. I would also like for you to speak with uh, the VP of sales. If you talk to someone at a lower level in many instances, and again, there are exceptions to every rule, if you talk to someone at a lower level because they're trying to protect their territory, they have these boundaries set, and you ask the same question, who along with yourself would be involved in making the final decision? And they'll say to you, I'm the only one you need to talk to. And if you believe them, as you move through the process, what you'll find is there were five or six other people that were involved that you have not had an opportunity to speak with, you've not had an opportunity to touch, and you have no idea what they're looking to accomplish short and long term. So it puts you at a tremendous, tremendous disadvantage. So if we know these things to be true, the question becomes why do we avoid the top when we're trying to develop a, a sound strategy? 
for for selling to an organization. And and some of the feedback that I've received from sales professionals and business owners is, well, it's just easier to get to see lower level people. So we do what's easiest. Uh, or I've heard, well, you know, well, I'm just afraid of the rejection in approaching a top level person. And if you've listened to the other shows where I've had executives, or many of you, I, you know top executives, you'll find that they don't look like Freddy Krueger or Michael Myers or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They look like normal people. As a matter of fact, they're some of the nicest people you really will want to meet. They have to be uh, adept, skillful at people skills because their job is to lead their organization and to get people to work together. So that thing, that fear, and you've heard us talk about fear many times on the show. Fear creates paralysis. And the majority of things that we're fearful of aren't really true. So we continue to to promote and, and prompt you to get out of that that fear zone. And, and just pursue it. And you'll be amazed how easy it is to talk to these individuals, how open they are. They just don't want you to waste their time, okay? Um, we're unsure what to say to top management, and we just kind of covered that a little earlier also. Uh, they're concerned about profitability. If you can talk to them about how or show them a way you can help their company be more profitable, and if you have examples of that, if you have case studies that your company has done, if you have data or statistics, uh, that's amazing to them. That will help them move it along. Talk about performance. Again, if you have any information that can show how your services has helped with efficiency or helped the performance of the people or minimize the time lag with technology, all of those things they're looking for, they're constantly looking for ways to be better and do better, okay? Um, and also perception. We all looking for having the right image to attract and keep our customer base. So those are the things that you talk about with a top-level person. And I, I've shared this with you before, but there was a survey that, that was done with top executives, and the question was asked, how do we as sales professionals, how do we as business owners, how do we get to you? And what they said was, first of all, you have to be very persistent. And you know my word for persistence is courteous determination. Courteous determination rarely alienates anyone. So they say, first, you have to be very persistent. And then they said, secondly, if you get my attention, be prepared. So that means you have to have done some homework before you call at that level. Be prepared. All right? Then they say, if you get in front of me, don't start spewing about your product. Don't pitch me product. Talk to me about where I want to take my organization and what has to happen in order for us to get there. So that's what you talk about with a top-level contact when you meet them for the first time, all right? So we want you to, to feel comfortable and know that it is something that you can do. And once you start doing it, you won't do business any other way. It's just the easiest and fastest way to do business and to grow an account. And if you are doing business with, let's say, two departments and this company has 15 departments, how, how much easier can it get 
to have an endorsement for a, from a high-level executive in that organization to get the other department heads to be willing to open up and talk to you. So, so our goal ultimately is to call higher in the account that we're in, is to call wider in the account that we're in, and is to call deeper in the account that we're in. Because what this is going to do is it's going to help you to explore new opportunities. It's going to provide you access to more and better information, okay? Because that top-level executive has the peripheral view. They have the overall view of the organization, but it's the people that below them who are, do, who are dealing with certain issues day in and day out. They can give you details to help you determine how you can bring more and greater value to that organization. So we want to explore. We also want to evaluate. We have to evaluate the opportunities more accurately based on more complete information. If you're only doing business with two departments in a 15-department company, you only have a small piece of the pie as far as information. But think about it. Suppose for a moment you can meet with all 15 department heads. Then that gives you a better perspective of how you bring the value. All right? So we want to explore. We want to evaluate. And then we want to execute a stronger sales plan by capitalizing on broader support from more individuals in the organization that can use your products and services. So it takes more thinking. You have to be more intentional. You have to be more deliberate. If you want to come up with a, a, an account development strategy, it can't just be something in your head. And we're going to have to take a break coming up. But when we come back, we're going to talk about how to kind of analyze the account and determine, okay, how can I be of greater assistance to this organization? How can I help them? And in, in return for helping them, help myself. All right? So it's time for another short break. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we will talk to you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network it's time to take charge of your own career path but how do you get started first tune into the career confidant with marie zimanoff each show will feature national business leaders tips and insight from marie and her guests career management tools and a weekly career smart tip she'll help you move forward earn that promotion Get hired into the career you want and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're talking about successful account development strategies. Okay, one of the things that we were talking about earlier, several things we were talking about earlier was, one, we need to have a a team effort if you're going after a larger account, and it's more than just you. You have to be that orchestrator between your company and the account that you're working in and you're attempting to go deeper into, all right? And we're also talking about that we have to do a better job of working throughout the organization, but especially in getting the higher-level individuals who really can make things happen much quicker, all right? And then we also want to make sure that we are probing to really understand how we can bring value, and we need to get more information, better data. The only way to get better data is better data is to ask good questions when you're working and meeting with each one of the individuals. Once you've gained all of this information, now it's time to do what we call an opportunity assessment. And if you don't have a pen or a pad, you need to grab one to to write down some of the questions you want to ask yourself so you get an accurate assessment of your odds for being successful in this account, okay? And I'm going to break them up into several different segments. And you want to score yourself uh, on a scale of one to five, okay? So one being, you know, to a very slight extent, two to a, a slight extent, Uh, three to a moderate extent, four to a great extent, and five to a very great extent. So for each one of these questions I'm going to ask you, think of a company that you are in but you're trying to get deeper into or even a company that you are pursuing. And and, and be honest with yourself as you do this assessment. So the first couple of questions regarding assessing your opportunity with this company is is under can we deliver? Can we deliver? And question number one is, are me and my organization's capabilities compatible with the customer's needs? Are me and my organization's capabilities compatible with the customer's needs? There have been times when I was extremely confident that I could meet the needs of a particular client, and there have been times that they were looking to stretch me beyond the the realm where I think my expertise really uh, was, and I didn't want to to take a chance on something that could basically hurt the relationship. So I knew what I was, what my strengths were. I knew what my weaknesses were. So you need to ask yourself that question: Are me and my organization's capabilities compatible with the customer's needs? And also, are my products 
capabilities truly a good choice to satisfy their needs? All right. So write these down. Then under that, that was under can we deliver? Okay. Then the next question you need to ask yourself is can we deliver with an acceptable cost of sale? In other words, can this be a profitable venture for you? It's, it's not just about getting a sale. It's about making a reasonable profit. And if you've listened to some of the shows, one of the things I say is you are not just a salesperson or either you are no longer a salesperson. I want you to have the mindset that you are a business person who happens to sell so you have your own for-profit company. And the goal of any for-profit company is to make a reasonable profit. You have to do that in order to assure, ensure that you are around to take care of this client now and into the future. All right? So under uh, can we deliver with an acceptable cost of sale, ask yourself three questions. First question is, is this a worthwhile investment by me and my team? Is this a worthwhile investment by me and my team uh, based on the location? Are you going to have to travel, you know, 500 miles every time to meet this client? Uh, how many sales calls is it going to require? Preparation time, follow up. Is this a worthwhile investment of time by me and my team? The next question I want you to ask is, will servicing this account allow sufficient time for me to work with other customers or prospects? Will servicing this account allow sufficient time for me to work with other customers or prospects? Because sometimes you may land the big whale, but guess what? Because you didn't go in asking these, asking these questions, you're doing a lot of business with them. It's not profitable. It's taking up a lot of your time and a lot of your resources, so you don't have the opportunity to go after other and maybe even better business. The other question is this. Will my organization be able to handle the demands resulting from this sale? Is my organization or will my organization be able to handle the demands resulting from this sale? Basically, what I'm saying is beforehand, count the cost. Count the cost. A couple other questions I have for you. Uh, Another category would be, do we have a positive relationship with this customer? That's another category. And some questions that I'd like for you to ask yourself under this category is, have I been able to establish sound business relationships with all key players? Remember, we just talked about the different levels. And if you are at the lower level and that's all you know, those are the only individuals you know, then you're, at, you're in jeopardy with this particular account. And when I was in the field, and even today, I can't tell you how many accounts I'm able to capture or even steal because the, the other companies are down so low. And basically, I just start at the top, get the endorsement of the top-level person, and they push the decision down. And then that person that uh, was in there before me gets a, a call and says, hey, I, I just got a call from upstairs, and they say that we're using this new um, company. Sorry. All right, so 
you want to ask yourself the question, have I been able to establish sound business relationships with all key players and be honest with yourself? Next question you want to ask yourself is, have I uncovered and analyzed their decision-making roles, their business issues, their personal and organizational needs? Have I uncovered and analyzed their decision-making roles, their business issues, their personal and organizational needs? If time allows, I'll get into personal needs because we always talk about uh, organizational needs, but the individuals that you're calling on has personal needs that we need to address as well. Okay, so next question, have I or will I be able to win over any strong negative influencers? I have yet to go into a company where there's someone who has someone else, uh, someone that may be in a decision-making capacity who already has someone else they enjoy working with, and they don't want to upset that apple cart. So you have to be prepared for that. Um, Have I been able to win over or will I be able to win over any strong negative influencers? Next question, can I count on the backing of any positive influencers to help move the decision process forward and in my favor? And I know because I'm asking these questions, this may be a a show that you're going to have to listen to again, but these are sound questions that you need to ask yourself when you're trying to determine whether or not to pursue an account or to try to go or how to go deeper into an account you're already in. And the next question is, how sound are my relationships with other players in the account? Okay. Now, the, the, the next category of questions you want to ask yourself is, okay, can we actually compete? Can we actually compete? And, and the question you might ask yourself is, given the internal resources the customer might utilize, are my products and capabilities truly competitive? Are they truly competitive? Okay, because sometimes you may find... <clears throat> We aren't at the size that we can fully handle the capacity that they would throw at us if we were able to get all 15 of these departments. And you need to, be, you need to know that beforehand so you get the business and then you can't, you can't produce or you can't deliver, and then that's a whole other problem. And another question is, can, uh, given any external resources the customer might utilize, are my products and capabilities truly competitive? And do my exclusive benefits outweigh those of my competitors? Now, if you've noticed on the show, we don't talk that much about worrying about your competitors. And I don't worry that much about uh, other people that do what I do. I do think you need to have a healthy respect for them. I do think you need to be attuned. But I don't think your focus needs to be on what the competition is doing. I think you need to be aware, but don't focus. Because you're going to win based on what you're doing, not based on what the competition does. Okay? And the last category of questions I want you to ask yourself when you're developing your account development strategy to determine how to pursue a company or whether to pursue a company is this last category, is this opportunity worth winning? 
and we've talked about that. Is this opportunity worth winning? I, I've seen people pursue an opportunity for six months, a year, a year and a half, and when they won it, the margins were so skinny that it was unprofitable and it, it, it tied them up for another six months. Okay, so questions to ask yourself is this. Will the short-term revenues meet or exceed my account goals? Will the short-term revenues meet or exceed my account goals? And also, will this business represent an acceptable return on the investment we would be putting in for the pursuit of the business? Will this business represent an acceptable return on my investment? How much is your time worth? How much is the time of your company worth? And the last question regarding this, is this opportunity worth winning, is if the revenue is less than desired, will the prestige or strategic value associated with the account create other opportunities? All right, guess what? We aren't going to make any money on this, but this would give us tremendous exposure in the marketplace, in the community. So if we're hanging our hat on this particular opportunity project, although we may lose money on this, we're going to gain a whole lot of business that will be profitable. So these are the questions that we need to ask ourselves in order to be more intentional, in order to be more calculating on which opportunities to try to go higher, wider, and deeper into. And it's time for our last break. This hour goes by so fast. It's time for the short break. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick and mortar locations or traditional bankers' hours. Today, banking is 24 7. It's in the home, it's on the go, it's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust. Changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. 
Or you can send an email to Ty at TyManerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. We're on our last segment of the show, and we're talking about successful account development strategies. And we were just talking about how to determine if this is really or how to assess if this is really a good opportunity, if it's worthwhile pursuing. All right. So we gave you approximately 16 questions to ask yourself when you want to grade yourself on a scale of one to five. Okay. Uh, one being basically to a very slight extent, this, this question is, is true or five to a very great extent. And once you have answered all of these questions, honestly, at that point, you want to tally your score and you want to give careful consideration to all your answers for, for the statement, for the questions. Okay. And for example, if your score is, let's say, uh, 65 to 80, because if you have uh, 16 questions and you have five, uh, a score of five that you can give yourself, that's the highest, you have a possible score of 80. So 65 to 80, my thought is go for it because you and your organization have what it takes to make the most of this opportunity. The odds of you winning this are exceptional. Go for it. If, let's say it's 57 to 64, I'm going to say give it your best shot and maybe with a few adjustments, some additional resources, and a little extra effort, you and your organization should be in good shape to capitalize on the opportunity. If it's, uh, let's say, 48 to 56, you really need to carefully consider this uh, because you need to look for your weak points and strengthen them. And then you want to weigh the risk and gauge the rewards carefully before investing more resources in the opportunity. Now, and if it's 47 or below, bottom line is don't do it. There's just too many warning signs uh, for you to proceed with any hope of success with this particular opportunity. You know, fix what you can and reassess the opportunity for a later date. But now it does not look good for you. And I'll tell you something, what I have identified when I've done this type of assessment with many of my clients, when they're looking at a, a, a project or an opportunity with a company, if it's a don't do it, in most cases, the reason it's so low is because of relationships. They are lacking connections and relationships in the right levels, with the right level people, in the right departments. And as we've said before, I asked you last week, you know, when we were talking about networking, I said, what business are you in? And it doesn't matter what business you're in. I don't care if you're a plumber. I don't care if you're in office furniture. I don't care if you're in technology. You are in the business of relationships because you cannot gain sales. You cannot keep customers if we don't build relationships. All right. So that's what I found in most cases when it's not a good opportunity. We don't have the right connections. We don't have the right relationships. So in that case, what I'd like for you to do, you know, for this opportunity, you know, just weigh everything, weigh the things that's hindering you. And then ask yourself the question, could the risk associated with pursuing this opportunity actually jeopardize 
my existing or future relationship with the customer. And if that is the case, uh, only I recommend that you stay where you are in that, in that particular customer. But continue to look for ways to, to grow with that organization. But the goal is always, okay, how can we get more out of what we're already doing? with this particular account. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I, I would love for you to go, and it's necessary to, to develop new business, but why not just mine the accounts that we currently have? Now, there's another segment that I want to talk about because we've talked about organizational needs. We've talked about profitability. We've talked about performance. We've talked about perception uh, at the higher level. We've talked about at the decision-maker level their concern is really with issues, and then that person has to come up with a solution. And at the lowest possible level, it's the cost and the capabilities of what you're providing. And as we say, it always costs too much, and it never does enough, so their job is to beat you up. But we also need to be mindful of the personal needs of the individuals that we're calling on. We need to be mindful of the personal needs. And there are six basic personal needs that I'll, I'll kind of run through very quickly. Uh, the need for power is one. And someone who has basically the need for power, they want to project their control over a situation. All right? They uh, are looking to control the situation. They don't always intentionally intimidate. Sometimes their design is to intimidate you, uh, and you have to be mindful that, of that. And I, I'm probably going to have to do another segment because I really want to help you understand the six personal needs, but I'll just cover them very quickly. You have someone who has the need for power, and aside from power, you have the person who has the need for um, achievement. This type of individual, they want their people to be successful, They're, whether it's their customers, whether it's their department, their team. And this type of individual, they will make you jump through hoops for the sake of their team, their company being successful. Then we have the individual who has a need for recognition. A person who has a need for recognition, they want to feel important. They want credit, all right, uh, whether they deserve it or not. And there's a way to identify and recognize these individuals. And then you have the person who has the need for affiliation. They want to have a relationship with you. They want to get to know you. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's important for them to know you before and feel comfortable with you from a friendly basis before they are willing to do business with you. They are extremely different from the person who has a need for power. The person who has a need for power really does not want a personal relationship. They would just want you to get straight to business. And then we have the individual who has the need for order. This is the person who wants to tease, cross, and the I's dotted, all right? They want to know exactly when you're going to place the order, when will it ship, when will it be delivered, uh, and what time you'll be wiping down uh, the product, you know, to complete the delivery. That's order. And as I'm talking about this, you probably can think of individuals who are like this. And then last but not least, we have the person who has a need for safety. This individual wants the testimonials. 
They want to know about warranties. They want performance guarantees. And the goal is we have to be able to identify the individuals and not only sell to the organizational needs, but we need to uh, sell to their personal needs. So I'm going to do another show where I'll talk in greater detail about personal needs and how to recognize these personal needs, how to sell to these individuals, and even words that make sense when you're talking to them. And I think this is going to help you a lot in developing successful accounts uh, development strategies. And as I've said before, it's my goal to help you in your quest to be the best. And I, I received a couple of emails today that I really want to thank you for. I received some texts from some people that I'm coaching, and I received an email from someone who just started listening to the show. And he said the first two shows already that he listened to, he went all the way back to the beginning, absolutely nailed it for him. So my goal is to help you be the best. I got a text around 5 o'clock from uh, a businessman that I coach, and he was talking about some of the sales that he closed today as a result of applying what he's learned with these shows and our coaching sessions. So if you're looking to elevate your game, we want to help you. We want to help you in your quest to be the best. We want to be there one-on-one to give you instruction and to game plan with you. So feel free to give me a call at 888-605-1040. That's toll-free, 888-605-1040. Or email me at ty, T-Y-E, at tymaynardgroup.com. And we would love to work with you. And also, if you're looking to take your sales team to the next level, we provide workshops that are exceptional for every aspect of the sales process. All right? So I look forward to hearing from you. Give me a call. Tell people about the show. Go to my Time Inner Group Facebook page and like us. In the meantime, in the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something. Let's sell something.